Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, The Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is September 8th, 2020. This week, I, like about 20,000 others, will attempt to complete the virtual Boston Marathon. I had signed up again to run it in April with the Dana-Farber Marathon Challenge team after a rather ragged performance in 2019. But then the race, like so much this year, first got postponed and then went virtual. And so next Saturday morning, I will nervously walk out my front door, turn left, and jog off on my own into the dawn's early light. This will be my fourth marathon, and although markedly different from the others, I can predict three things with near certainty. A. The second half will be slower than the first. B. Considerable discipline early will be necessary to avoid trouble later. And C. The marathon will, in due course, come to an end. Something similar could be said about the economic recovery and investing in this pandemic. The August employment report released last Friday showed that the U.S. has now recovered 10.6 million, or 48% of its pandemic job losses. However, that still leaves us with 11.5 million fewer payroll jobs than six months ago, and regaining these jobs will be a slow process. Most of these jobs are in the restaurant, retail, hotel, entertainment, and transportation industries. With the pandemic still raging, recovering jobs in these areas will be difficult. Over the last three months, payroll jobs grew by 4.8, 1.7, and 1.4 million jobs sequentially. But we now expect the pace of job growth to fall below 1 million per month between now and the end of the year, and it's hard to see it re-accelerating in 2021 until the widespread distribution of a vaccine and the suppression of the pandemic allow the most affected industries to get back to normal. It should be noted that while the number of payroll jobs is down 11.5 million since February, the number of unemployed workers has only risen by 7.8 million. This in part reflects the fact that, that 3.7 million people have dropped out of the labour force since February. While this may be due to many people regarding searching for a job in their old industries as pointless, the expiration of the $600 weekly payment and supplemental unemployment benefits could force some of these people to re-enter the labour market to look for any job, causing the unemployment to rise from its current 8.4%. Overall, then, the labour market is likely to see much slower improvement in the months ahead following a strong initial bounce. A similar pattern should be observed in GDP figures. Following declines of 5% and 31.7% annualised in the first two quarters of 2020, we now expect real GDP to rise by as much as 31% in the third. However, growth could downshift sharply to about 3% annualised in the fourth quarter, and we expect that real GDP will not exceed its 2019 peak until sometime in the second half of 2021. This downshift in part reflects a hangover from a stimulus-fueled surge in consumer spending in the third quarter. However, pent-up demand for autos and homes, following the sharp but short recession, should now be used up. While consumer non-durable goods spending could take a double hit from less spending after stockpiling and a lack of further federal government stimulus. In addition, U.S. exports are being hurt by the global nature of the pandemic and state and local government spending could be hit by tightening budget constraints. On the issue of further federal stimulus, we had assumed that neither party would want to risk going to the last stretch of the election campaign without passing a bill. However, at this stage, political calculations seem to be impeding a near-term agreement. Many Senate Republicans seem unwilling to support a big bill, perhaps because it would seem to contradict their narrative that the economy is well on the road to recovery. 
Meanwhile, House Democrats appear unwilling to compromise in favour of a skinny bill for fear that it would allow the president to goose up the economy just before Election Day and suggest that the status quo in Washington is actually working. In addition, according to press reports, the Speaker of the House and the Treasury Secretary have agreed informally to a continuing resolution to keep the government open until after the election. This could allow the old Congress to consider a skinny bill in the lame duck session after the election and the new Congress to address the issue more broadly in January. Of course, financial markets generally care more about interest rates and profits than jobs and economic growth. Here, investors may feel more positive, but they should recognise potential problems ahead. On interest rates, CPI data due out this week should confirm steady core inflation and gradual recovery in headline inflation at 1.6% and 1.3% year-over-year respectively. While inflation remains lower than before the pandemic, supply constraints and government stimulus have combined to prevent the kind of cratering inflation normally associated with recessions. And inflation should move back towards the Fed's 2% consumption deflation inflation target over the course of 2021. As this occurs, and notwithstanding their adoption of an average inflation targeting policy approach, the Fed may well consider tapering their Treasury purchases from the current pace of over a trillion dollars per year. This, combined with presumably less political uncertainty after the election and a continuing economic recovery, should boost long-term interest rates. Corporate profits in the short run are likely to bounce in line with real GDP, and S&P 500 operating earnings could be down by less than 20% year-over-year in the third quarter, following a 33% decline in the second quarter. However, thereafter, the pace of earnings gains should slow sharply in response to a deceleration in economic growth. Moreover, Washington will need to address the yawning budget deficit, which the Congressional Budget Office estimates at $3.3 trillion this fiscal year and $1.8 trillion next fiscal year, even without further stimulus. If the federal government increases corporate taxes in 2022 as part of an attempt to tame the budget deficit, it would clearly have a negative impact on after-tax corporate earnings. However, if they neglect to tackle the issue, there is a growing risk of a fiscal crisis within the next few years that could hit corporate profits with the unpleasant cocktail of even higher taxes and recession at the same time. Even with some volatility last week, U.S. markets seem somewhat oblivious to these concerns. Despite record budget deficits and the potential for higher inflation and interest rates in 2021, the yield on a 10-year government bond is still 0.72%, while a 10-year tip carries a real yield of negative 0.98%. Spreads in both high-quality and high-yielding corporate bonds remain remarkably tight, despite obvious distress in a number of sectors and rising defaults. And even with uh, after a small correction last week, the S&P 500 is still up 6.1% for the year. Moreover, the Russell 1000 growth index is up by more than 24%, boosting valuation measures for growth stocks to their highest levels relative to value stocks since the tech bubble. For investors in the pandemic recovery, like those running the early miles of a marathon, this is a time for discipline. There are cheaper parts of capital markets, including value stocks in the US and international stocks in both developed and emerging markets, and this may be a good time to rebalance towards them, subject, of course, to personal financial and tax considerations. This could serve to steady portfolios of any setbacks on the medical or economic front, or perhaps political volatility, lead to a major correction in the months ahead. Finally, though, long-term investors should recognize that, that we will get past this pandemic, While it is unlikely that the first crop of vaccines will include one with near 100% effectiveness, even a safe and reasonably effective vaccine could be used as leverage, combined with the now familiar public health measures, to drastically reduce infections in the year ahead. This, combined with better therapeutics, could cause an even sharper fall in the death rate, allowing us finally to put this sad episode behind us. The pandemic marathon will come to an end one way or the other. 
However, for long-term investors, success in the rest of the race and beyond may depend on recognizing that the recovery will be slower from here on out, and having the discipline to maintain balance when others are embracing sectors which have shown very strong momentum in the short run, but seem overpriced for a slow return to normal. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.